Hey everybody, welcome back to We Are Movies. As always, I'm Johnny Mockney, and um, real brief plug, I will be at the Drop Comedy Club this weekend, Friday, um, December 1st, and Saturday, December 2nd. I'll be featuring for Robert Jenkins. Um, one show Friday, two shows Saturday. If, if you're in the uh, South Bend, Indiana, or in the area, or if you know anybody there uh, and want to tell them, uh, come on out. Bring people. Tell people. Um, I would love uh, if as many people as possible came and came to see me specifically. Uh, but also Robert, uh, who's headlining. Robert's great. He's amazing. And um, speaking of amazing Lansing comedians, um, my guest today is Pat Sievert. Pat um, has been on once before, a long time ago. Uh, he did the movie UHF on this podcast, and now he's returning. Um, he's, I probably said this before, he's one of the funniest people I know. He is one of the first people I ever met doing comedy and has always been just an incredibly supportive and awesome guy to know. And um, also, every week, uh, he's one of the co-hosts of... Max Monday Comedy Night in Lansing as well. Um, check that out if you're in the area. It's uh, sort of royalty in terms of Michigan weekly open mics. And um, in this episode, we talked about the Planet of the Apes um, prequel question mark trilogy. It's uh, three movies. They're kind of prequels. We get into it in this episode. But uh, you know what I'm talking about. Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and War for the Planet of the Apes are three movies we discussed. And um, there's, in fact, there's a new one coming out next year. So we are chasing that clout train, baby, trying to get those clicks. And, uh, yeah, I was just had a great time talking with Pat about these movies, um, movies that... You might think it's not within my character to love these movies, but I really do. And um, hopefully you've gone and seen them and you love them as well. If not, go watch the movies, come back, and please enjoy this very feral episode of We Are Movies. My friend... Yeah, he was he was like he studied a lot of like video and audio production stuff in in school. Yeah. Um. So he did all the producing stuff and editing, so I didn't have to worry about that. And then like once he had kids, he was like, I can't do this anymore. Sure. And he also lived in Detroit, so it was like uh, he a Royal Oak. Uh, I think he lives in Oak Park now. Yeah. Um. So it would be like. I would go to his house and record. We'd like do like two or three episodes, you know, at you'd, once. You bake them ahead of time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then, like, once he started having kids, he was like, "I can't do this anymore." Yeah. So he's like, "But you can keep going." So he like told me what equipment to buy, and I tried to keep going like on my own. But then I'd like so then the joke was I'd have like a different comic on oh, to yeah. audition to be the new co-host. So that was like <laughs> that was the joke that every week every episode would be someone auditioning to take his place and then I was never going to pick anybody it was always like no. so it was going to basically be a guest show but under the guise that you were yeah. auditioning a new co-host yeah that's funny yeah um so did that for a little bit and then like I think it was like hosting fees on like Podbean were going up so like I was oh, like yeah. I don't know if I want to do that and then like someone else like some 
a, a comic I knew had like was trying to launch like a podcast network, so I got on that, and then that fell apart, and then <laughs> I was like, well, I'm, and then I was just getting busier, so I was like, I don't know, I don't even have time to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, I, I've always avoided networks. Mike Bobbitt has asked me to join his network. Oh yeah, and my. The, just the hardest thing for me is I can't guarantee him consistency. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that's because, like, you just sometimes life happens and yeah, and, and the podcast has to hit a hiatus. Well, that was the know? thing, yeah. We, we, right. Like, and I think because we had Podbean for the first like 70 episodes I did with my friend Jeremiah, they were still up there for a while yeah. on like, and it was renewing. So people were like, yeah, I listened to like the podcast, that's pretty good. But like, some of it isn't that good. And like, people were telling me about it like eight years after the fact. Yeah. So eventually I was like, oh, I'm going to like let that, let that, uh, let that lapse. So then the episodes sure. are gone because I was like, well, I don't know if I want stuff from 2010 when I wasn't <laughs> doing stand up yet to still be out there. And, right. What and, you thought was funny in 2010. Yeah. Different, probably. <laughs> if there's anything that was. Yeah, I don't think there was anything problematic, just in case. I was like, I didn't want somebody to like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's bound to be one or two things. It's just... <laughs> yeah. I think naturally. <laughs> yep. So. Yeah. So, um, you'd consider yourself a, a moderate movie person, I think, right? Based on yeah, the conversations. Yeah, I, like, I like movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a... Like a... Do you go to the movies a lot, often? Um, Is it just the Marvel stuff? I go, I go... I try to go to, like, things... Like, uh... I try to like I don't I'm not a huge horror guy but I think sure. I like more things there. I have some friends who've like introduced me to some, you know, different things in in the horror genre. Yeah. Um like I'll try to see I do see most like Scorsese and Tarantino stuff when right. that comes out. Um so yeah, it's not just Marvel stuff. Yeah. Um there's like some franchises I have no interest in, so it's not. So I'm right. not just like one of the popcorn movie like. Like Fast and Furious. No, I yeah, I haven't yeah. seen any of those. Oh wow! Okay. Ever <laughs> and like, yeah. I think people were trying to tell me like when Five came out, like, oh, they're actually good. You should watch them, and I that never. That's never the funniest been. thing. As somebody who's watched all of them, they become good at five. Yeah. And that's the hardest sell to give to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you just got to push through four yeah, whole I think movies. five was on, like, HBO, and, like, someone I'd gone on a couple dates with was like, you should actually, you should watch it. And like, yeah. and I was like, oh, maybe, but then I didn't. <laughs> the funniest thing about that is I saw The Rock. He referred to that movie as uh, his and Vin Diesel's version of Heat. Okay. With, with Pacino and De Niro, and it's so much funnier when you think about it. I like listened that. to a, a podcast about like it's called Disintel about like Hollywood. It's it's mostly like celebrity feuds. Yeah. So the late the latest episode was about The Rock and Vin Diesel's feud. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so that yeah, it's interesting that. They were like friends when that one came out, but then it all fell apart. They became enemies, and progressively, you can see it come across on screen. Yeah, they just get yeah, fewer yeah. and fewer scenes together as the movie. So maybe going. I want to watch it out now. I like know that they liked each other in that one, and then try, try to pinpoint the moment where they start <laughs> they hating start each, to other. Hate each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, the Apes movies, um, the first one. The, so we're talking today about the sort of prequel trilogy or reboot trilogy yeah it's 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 vague but uh the <laughs> yeah, first i don't one, know how to describe it yeah i we'll get into that a bit more because i have some thoughts but, but i guess in 2011 this was when the first one came out mm-hmm. did you see that in theaters when yes it came out? were you already like a planet of the apes fan or? um i don't know how like 
I, I've, I've seen the original, and I think that's good. You know, mm-hmm. um, the Charlton Heston movie yeah. from '68. Yeah. Yep, I like that. So I like I like sci-fi, but I'm not like I, I don't I don't know how much how far I don't know if I like oh, yeah I watch all these '50s sci-fi like I like the cheesy sci-fi <laughs> like right. I'm not that kind of like I like a people. thing from another world. Yeah, I'm not yeah, that, yeah. but I, I like certain sci-fi stuff is cool, and I I like. The original Planet of the Apes. I don't think I've seen all the follow-up ones where it's like right. they were like, "This one was successful. Let's make six more." Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, I remember I, I watched all of them many many years ago, and all I remember was like the Planet of the Apes gets destroyed in the second one. I was like, "Where do we go from here?" Yeah. And then they end up going back. I think in they time bring and... like Charlton Heston back. Like they beg He's him to come back. One. He does like. 10 minutes of screen time and dies. Well, they dragged him out for the second one and the majority of the movie is about finding him. Yeah. (laughs) They they pulled the old, like, Luke Skywalker in the Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Type of thing, yeah. Like, they, I mean, I think that's somewhat common for, like, when they're like, can you come back? And he's like, I really don't want to. And they're like, we'll give you a lot of money and you won't have to do anything. (laughs) Like, that kind of thing. It's that whenever um, a big actor from the previous movie comes back and they were... So I always pay attention to like credits on the poster and stuff. Mm-hmm. And maybe in the first movie they were the big name, they were the first name. Yeah. And then in the second movie, it's like and their name. And yeah. then I go, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna yeah. be in it for ten minutes. Um so uh, yeah, I don't think I see I don't think I've seen all of the original ones. Sure. And I know they made a TV show because they were trying to capture you know, cash in on this. Yeah. Never seen that. So in 2011, um, you weren't a big ape head. You no, were just like, that looks interesting. I think it, like I think I even saw a trailer once going to movies with friends, and someone I was with was like, that looks stupid. And I, like, <laughs> I think I laughed at the idea of, like, because the trailer's all like, they're trying to test Alzheimer drugs on apes, and it makes them <laughs> smart. I was like... What are, like I was like, why are they trying to make this like it is a topical or whatever? Yeah, I was like, that's kind of weird. But uh, I think I was recording the podcast I used to do that I was talking about with you. Yeah, and we were looking for something to do for like the night, and I was like, well, this movie I've heard is actually okay. You know, yeah. I think I'd heard people saying that they enjoyed it. So let's go see it. And uh, it, it was a lot better than I thought you know, it was going to be. Better than it kind of has yeah. any right to be. <laughs> yeah. You know, you think about, like, honestly, the weirdest thing, and we have another Planet of the Apes movie coming out next year. Yes. <laughs> uh, this is, at this point, a longer-running franchise than Star Wars mm-hmm. or, like, pretty much anything else I can think <laughs> of. Like, yep. you know, if you don't count public domain stuff like yeah like it is kind of crazy that a movie from 1968 which was based on a, a like french, a french book, book yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's making blockbuster movies today that kid like i took my brother my little brother to see these movies you know mm-hmm. and it was like a big deal for us and that it's a real testament to kind of like because there's so many sad cases of like trying to bring back an old thing yeah he's into it and even stuff, like, I kind of liked the new Indiana Jones movie, but most people weren't interested. I thought in it. it was good. Yeah. And I didn't like Crystal Skull, so I right. was like... I that was it, sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was bad. And uh, like, I heard a couple people saying that the newest Indiana Jones was good. So I was like, well, you know, it's July 4th, and I'm not working. Yeah. And like, oh, well, all right, let's kill an afternoon. And I was like, this is good. They, yeah. can, end, they can end it now. This is good. It all right. perfect. Yeah, I, I enjoyed <laughs> the new one, too. Uh, but the way it like it kind of it didn't do too well at the box office. So yeah. it's one of those things where it's like the public interest just seems to have been lost, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but the fact that this movie, after Planet of the Apes, <laughs> like you said, have been like five movies a TV show. There's that awful Tim Burton remake. Oh God, Mark yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> which is like a meme movie at this point. It's yes. like a huge joke. The a- Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> and maybe even looked the best out of all of them. Like, but you know, it's just yeah. awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I did go see that too, but yeah. That was the first one to have a star studded cast of apes, though. Mm-hmm. There was like a Tim Roth ape, there yeah. was a Hell the Bottom Carter ape, uh, Charlton Michael, Heston. Clark, Michael Clark Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, and they flip him with him going, like, Keep, get your d- oh, yeah. hands off me, you damn dirty human. Because And like, Charlton Heston was an ape, yeah. Charlton Heston comes back as an ape, yeah. It's, it's funny. A lot of funny ideas. Uh, very yeah. unintentionally funny movie. <laughs> yeah. But then, yeah, Rise comes out and it just is good Mm -hmm. (laughs) it just and it rejuvenates interest and i think like like uh it was an andy circus like he's Gollum. people know him for that and he was king kong and like he was the stop motion guy yeah he's a stop motion guy so i think maybe people don't like think about that but i thought like this motion (laughs) capture motion yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah. um i think this is maybe like i like this performance more like definitely more than king kong i didn't really care for the king kong like reboot like i guess i i appreciate what peter jackson like he liked those movies he wanted to do it you know but you know i i didn't really care for it (laughs) that much you gotta sit on that boat for quite a while (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and like Gollum, like Lord of the Rings, those are fun movies. You know, yeah. I, and like he he definitely brought Gollum to life. But I I thought he really like acted at, like he brought Caesar. I think he did brought a lot to Caesar over the course of like these movies and yeah. maybe maybe more than the other two. But I think like he definitely he I think this is his movie. <laughs> like I I remember leaving the first Rise and being like. Why is Andy Serkis like sixth in the credits? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, Rise is the only one of the trilogy that tries to have a, like a real human lead. Yeah. You yeah. know, because James Franco is ostensibly the main character. It's, the I guess he is because uh, he's like, he's. it starts with his story and like right. Caesar doesn't come in until later. But, yeah. but it's really, it's kind of a Trojan horse to get the audience <laughs> into thinking it's a James Franco movie. Yeah. By the end of it, it's a CGI played by Andy Serkis movie. Yeah. And then it becomes his trilogy. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, so I love that it's sort. It, it, we're like, oh, here's a famous actor to kind of usher you in, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, but then by the time you do get to, like, I, I remember the kind of the huge turn is because, like you said, Franco's trying to cure Alzheimer's, um, and he his dad is uh, John, John Lithgow, Lithgow. Yep. stuff, and and honestly, I think that adds like a really sad aspect to mm-hmm. the whole movie like like for a huge blockbuster movie yeah it's quite somber i think particularly I think it, bleak where it's headed too. and it does like it like it makes it sci-fi i think has to have like an element of society or you know, a realness to yes. it to make it like resonate so i guess you know it that's the side that's sci-fi. why it, <laughs> i guess that's why they did that like it, yeah it, Maybe sounded dumb in the trailer, but you know it, it makes sense. Like why they would go that way, you know, like because the first, like the original one, is kind of a commentary on like humans go to war and destroy the world, and that's why apes rise up. Yeah. So like you know we're not going to do that now in the reboot, but it's like humans try to tamper with you know nature, and that's causes it. So yeah us trying to play God, like, let's cure Alzheimer's, and that's going to cause the apes to get smart and kill people, you know? Like, yeah, it's 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 <laughs> sort of a romantic, like, a romanticism type of story, like Frankenstein or something, mm-hmm. about, like, even if you have good intentions, yep. you know, fucking with nature is going to have awful repercussions. Yeah. Uh, 
And that's that just makes it so bleak and sad too, because you're just kind of like, I wish I could just save my dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really sad when you see John Lithgow's performance in the movie. Um, well, yeah, to see him like improve, and you're like, okay, they're yeah, doing it. And then, he, and, then he, and then he gets worse. Uh, like, oh, uh. yeah. And then um, when um, he ends up sending Caesar to that, you know. Eight the prison, eight prison, yeah, <laughs> yeah, run by Brian Cox. Uh, Which, yeah, they, it's another like huge another star great. they bring in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, another big actor. Well, I guess at the time he was still kind of just—he was one of those character actors that everyone knew. Mm-hmm. But like now, in a post-succession world, he's like a huge yeah, star. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's the moment where the movie has that switch. Like it reminds me of like in Psycho when you think Janet Lee's the main character and then she gets killed in the shower and then mm-hmm. it switches over. And like this is the moment where now we're just following Caesar. And yeah. we're meeting all his friends and we kind of go, We're seeing oh. him become a revolutionary now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're seeing the beginning of this, you know, Che Guevara figure. <laughs> yeah. um, but then I, you set up all these relationships that are through line through the next couple of movies. You meet mm-hmm. uh, Koba, um, yep. played by Toby Kebble. Um, yeah, another performance that evolves and gets that's much a better. great performance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's incredible. Uh, and then my favorite character, I think everyone's favorite character is Maurice. He's just yeah. <laughs> the coolest, um, and he's like the loyal friend, you know. Um, so I guess taking it back, going into this not expecting much, coming out of it, was it what? Do, amongst your group, was it like a unanimous, like, oh, wait, that was much cooler than we expected? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we all liked it. And yeah. I was telling people, like, oh, don't don't sleep on this. It's actually good. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> they told, I told people at work, and I was like, no, actually, it was good. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good. It, it's, uh, I remember I was, God, I was 12 when it came out. And, oh, then, yeah. and even when I watched it, I don't think I fully appreciated how good it was. Uh, and then I ended up rewatching it again before Dawn came out, right before mm-hmm. Dawn came out. And then it kind of hit me. I was like, oh, you know, that's actually. Yeah, I think I did too. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, it was like three years later that Dawn came out. Yeah. Uh, which uh, I don't know if they had known that they were going to make sequels. Maybe they would have flipped the titles. Cause I think Rise is probably a better <laughs> title for like yeah. the second one where they're actually like <laughs> apes are kind of more you know, prominent taking over, but you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, this is also one of those things. I think the funniest thing about all the Planet of the Apes movies as a concept is that the original movie, you're under the impression the entire movie that you're on a different planet, and yeah. the, the whole twist ending is that we've been on Earth all along. Mm-hmm. Whereas, so now, like, every eight movie since then has been predicated on that twist. So, like, yeah. now this entire trilogy is just, like, how did we get there, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that's something I really like. And you can view it as a reboot as its own thing. But also, if you are a hardcore fan, you can see it as a prequel where just the apes look a lot better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A lot different. Because, I mean, I, I think... Because, like, in the first... In this in Rise, they have, like, a bunch of Easter eggs. Because he's... You see, like, there's one that's, like... Not re- I wouldn't even call it an Easter egg where Caesar's building a like a puzzle of the Statue of Liberty. So it's like okay, that's like a cute that's a cute call out to yeah. the original. But they also he's watched they're watching TV and they're talking about the space mission that's gone missing and that's yeah. the one from that's the movie. Charlton Heston. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so I I'm like there's a chance that one of these movies they're making another one which I didn't know until I was like looking things up to be on this podcast. Me too. The trailer just dropped. Yeah, like, a couple days ago. Yeah. Yep. 
that they could they could end it with like they could end one of the movies with the rocket landing and then yeah. you know, have it like a maybe a remake of the original or a reimagining of the original somehow. Yeah. I don't know. I just I, hope they don't have a CGI Charlton Heston come out. Yeah, I, I don't want <laughs> them be, to do that. No. But you know, like yeah. And then, then you'd have to explain how all of these uh, CGI apes turned into, <laughs> you know, perfect humans just with hair. Yeah, I'm just like, how would they? Because I, because I think doesn't the the Charlton Heston is it, like there's some kind of time <laughs> time fluctuation, so it's yeah. been like a really long time, and that's how yeah you know apes have become you know so so yeah, but. So yeah, I guess they could do a, a sequel that's even farther down the line to have. They you know, could, yeah, they yeah. could make these go forever. Um, yeah, <laughs> but uh, the, the, speaking of references to the original, there's a character Tom Felton plays uh, Brian Cox's son in the movie, yeah, yeah, and he's sort of like the you know awful authoritarian leader of the ape prison. Yep, um, and his name is first of all his name is Dodge Landon. Uh, so he's named after two of the astronauts from the original oh, movie, okay. and he, he's also full of references because yeah. right after he locks him up, he's yelling, "It's a madhouse," <laughs> which is a Charlton Heston line. And then he has probably the most memorable moment in the entire movie, where he says to Caesar, uh, "Get your stinking paws your, off yeah. me!" And then and then they subvert it with Caesar going, "No!" And then. <laughs> It's the first line of dialogue for oh any ape. Oh my god, yeah. And it changes everything. I remember that feeling of in the theater <laughs> when that happened and everyone just going like, oh. like, um, Yeah, just such a great, like a top ten blockbuster movie moment. I feel like each of the movies has like a part where an ape talks for the first time is like a big deal. Yeah. Like, you know. Because like, it is slowly like they're each kind of gaining the ability. Yeah. It, <laughs> yep. it means a lot, you know, like yep. each time. The... I mean, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the technology in the movie, like the way that the apes come to life. Yeah. Uh, this is like, you know, I've always been on the side of like, I'm I'm perfectly fine with CGI. I think sometimes mm. we're too dependent on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is like the perfect case of using just the right amount because where it, it matters. It feels yeah. like it feels like real performances. Yeah. Like you know, I I mean, Andy Circus because. Billy Andy Circus now, like, he performs as himself in enough things. Like, he does. Because he, cause he was in the... Uh, Andor. Andor, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was talking with uh, one of the bartenders at Comedy Showcase about Andor. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, Andy Circus is there, and he's not in, you know, motion capture. We were talking about <laughs> yeah. his performances, and he was like, he hasn't done anything since Gollum. And I was like, that's not true. He was King Kong, and he was Caesar. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, he was Caesar? And I was like, yeah. He was... <laughs> <laughs> And, well, and that's the like he was Caesar. He was like Shakespearean as Caesar, you know. Like he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays it like King Lear. Yeah. So like, and and I mean the motion capture is genius because it does allow you to. It kind of eliminates that uncanny valley. Yep. When they're playing these apes, where you can really, you know, every facial crease, every subtlety to his performance, you can get across in the CGI, and it's yep. also just like. Really good CGI. It's like yeah. it looks it looks great. I think there's enough like real people and I feel like practical sets. Like yes. I don't think any of those sets were CGI. Like maybe right. some of the things like maybe some of the backgrounds. Maybe some of the backgrounds right. or like when they're on top of like that building and stuff. Like some of that I don't know how they yeah. maybe I I mean I don't know. I haven't I didn't watch any of the how did they film these featurettes or anything. So right. I don't, but yeah. It's possible. That was kind of before the the 
nowadays where there's like almost no real environments yeah, <laughs> anymore, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, 2011 was kind of before that happened, but, uh, basically, um, yeah, so the first movie, the first movie is the only one directed by, uh, Rupert Wyatt, he, he made this one, and then the next two are by, uh, um, so Vaughn, Matthew Vaughn, isn't it? Oh, no, not Matthew Vaughn. Uh, I know who you're thinking. Um, it's uh, Matt Reeves. Oh, yeah, yeah. Matt Reeves, who ended up, I was going to say, speaking of live-action Andy Serkis performances, he ended up directing The Batman last year. Oh, yeah. had Andy Serkis as Alfred. Yep. Um, so, great working relationship between <laughs> these two. But in my opinion, I'm wondering what you think. I think this is one of those series of movies where I think they get better with each one. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, okay, good. We're on the same page. <laughs> well, I think they get better. Uh, it, it's a toss-up for me between um, Dawn and War being, yeah. you know, which one I like more. But, Those two are very yeah. close. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you can you can see the significant step up between Rise and Dawn. Yes, um, yes. And particularly the way that, even though the first one's kind of bleak uh, with the fact that, you know, James Franco tries and fails to cure his dad's Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And inadvertently causes a pandemic that destroys like ninety percent of the population of the world. Yeah, whoops. <laughs> um, for as sympathetic as a character he is, he's kind of the villain of the entire. Yeah. Um, but but there's still so much like schmaltz to it, you know, because mm-hmm. there's that loving relationship between him and Caesar. Yeah. And then Dawn just comes in, and it's so awesome because it's kind of just so unsentimental. And I, there is a sentimentality that comes out of it later, yeah. With the relationship with like Jason Clark's character, and that comes, but that's like later because yeah. it's like I feel like even because like all the other apes, you know, as soon as they see a human, they're all like, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> nope, don't let them come anywhere near us, right? And Caesar's kind of like, well, I grew up with humans; they're not all bad, so maybe we can give them a little bit of leeway to come in yeah. to the forest and do what they want to do. But all the other apes are like. No, you're like yeah. you're 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 being clouded by the fact that you grew up in a house like we were experimented on, or we were in zoos, or yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, there's this element of privilege there. Yeah, that like Caesar comes from a point of privilege, and and but then because of that, you know, empathizes with the humans more. Yeah, and then Koba is like the perfect, just embodiment of pure hatred from where he comes from and it makes sense it makes yeah. sense yeah like, no Koba's not like a one-dimensional villain mm-hmm. like i like there's the the scene that sticks out to me is when like caesar's tra- is talking and he's like well let them do their human work immediately like turn on the power plant that they want to turn on yeah. and then Koba just points all the scars on his face and his body he's like human work human work yeah, like, yeah. And it's like oh shit you know like I that totally makes sense <laughs> The, the I remember when this movie came out, it's when there became serious talks about how we need to treat um, motion capture performances yeah. seriously enough that they should be nominated for like Oscars mm-hmm. and stuff. And obviously, everyone talked about that with Amy maybe Sergeant there should be a, its own category if people don't want to give it its own like yeah. if people don't want to consider it for best actor. But Honestly, yeah. there's enough every year probably that they could. <laughs> yeah, there should be. You know, and, and uh, Toby Kebbell in the the movie as the, like this is his movie. Yeah, War like or uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is like the one where he shines, um, yeah. and he because yeah the first movie he has one of my like I do love that little moment when 
like the boss is hanging off the bridge <laughs> and then like like oh yeah uh, <laughs> It, it, basically, um, Caesar kind of lets Koba like, push him lets off. Koba decide if he wants to let him live or die. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I like in that moment, there's kind of a truce between the two of them. There, there. It's sort of like Koba's the dirty work guy. Yeah. Kinda. Um, but yeah, in this one, it's like the, the best scene in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is when Koba attacks the humans. By like coming up and goofing acting off. Dumb, yeah. <laughs> acting dumb, yeah. Acting stupid. And he's yeah. like making him laugh. And he like puts on the helmet. And then he just takes the machine gun and murders <laughs> him. Dumb, yeah. It's such a great scene. And it's a perfect like physical performance. The way he goes straight from that. Oh, I'm just a goofy dumb ape. To actually I'm a murderer. Yeah. It's 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 so great. And it's all like. Because I'm sure Caesar was like. Well, you know. The humans are gone. We're not going to see him again. And even if we do. Maybe I'm giving them good enough life that. Koba will be cool. Like he won't be. Yeah. I know he's. I know this ape is dangerous, but if we let him live here, he'll he'll cool. He'll he'll be. He'll calm down. It'll right. be okay. Yeah. And like you know, maybe you're you're be a little too trusty. I don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah. And just so much good character work that you don't like. Once again, nobody would predict like if you were just going to make a big CGI Planet of the Apes movie the that they didn't, you wouldn't expect them to put so much thought into all the dynamics and why everyone is the way they are. Yeah. And the beautiful way that, like, uh, uh, Caesar contrasts with uh, Koba, and they're almost perfect foils for um, Jason Clark's character and Gary Oldman's character. Yeah. And how they're opposed in terms of, you know, the two humans are kind of opposed on how to treat the apes. Yeah. You know, and I love that, that like on both sides, you see the love and you see the hate and you can understand everybody mm-hmm. and why they are the way they are. Yeah, like, like, uh, Caesar has a child. I can't think. Is it blue eyes? I think is the yeah. child's name. Yeah. And like Koba's trying to be like, Oh, your father is a good leader, but it's, it's, he's, he's like, trying to turn him against, he's him. trying to turn him against him. But it's like, it's so interesting. Cause he's like, I guess Koba probably has respect for Caesar because Caesar did like rescue him from yeah. the lab. He did start he, the revolution. Started the revolution, but he's also like he doesn't trust Caesar to do what needs to be done, and you yeah. know doesn't feel like Caesar is totally on the side of the apes. Like he does, Caesar doesn't go far enough in hating humans. Yeah. So, so you see this. So in he'll like try politics. to turn like Caesar's own son against him and yeah. turn the younger generation to be more like him. It, it's so, yeah. It's Shakespearean. Yeah. A little bit. But then it's also like that tactic of saying, oh, he's a great leader. He's done great things, but we need to move past him. He's mm-hmm. too weak for now. Yep. You see that happen in, like, real-life politics all the oh, time. Oh, yeah. So, like, by using that real sort of political strategy and having Koba effectively use it, you know? Yeah. I think I think is brilliant, and you can totally understand. You can just, you can understand that he probably genuinely does feel that way. And even though he's being a little manipulative, it's not, it's not, like, in an evil way. He's mm-hmm. just, he genuinely thinks this is... And it might be like, if, he, if, if a Koba could probably be like, Caesar, just let me kill all these humans <laughs> right and you can do it you know you can still be in charge just let me do what needs to happen yeah. and don't worry about it if that happened it, I, everything would probably be okay but probably caesar's not going to do that no, like, caesar <laughs> wants to avoid a genocide yeah <laughs> essentially um we also get 
they don't explicitly say it, and I kind of like that they don't explicitly say it, but they basically, James Franco probably died <laughs> yeah. after the first movie. Well, I think, I think Caesar kind of inadvertently may have killed James Franco, like, because Caesar goes to, like, because in, in Rise, they, you know, um, I think it's Maurice says, like, mm. apes are stupid, <laughs> because yeah. Caesar's trying to, like, convince the apes to, like, follow him, and he's kind of getting them to a little bit, but they're not. They aren't as like because Caesar's Benix, you know, has the um, the drugs that were given to his mom have made him smart, you know, smarter than most apes. Yeah. So he's like trying to get the apes to follow him, but it's not working that well. And he realizes because they haven't been exposed to the same like tr- drugs that he's been exposed to, so he goes to his to James Franco's house and gets the experimental drugs out of the fridge, and he like goes in the house and sprays it from that canister. Uh, I sprays that, and then he goes back to the yeah. prison. So I wondered if, like, he inadvertently exposed Franco, Franco and the woman to that first. But yeah. I mean, they were probably going to get exposed anyway if it traveled all around the world. It's but, an awful pandemic. You yeah. see, <laughs> yeah. like the ending of the first one ends on that. Yeah. Like, oh, it's going to go everywhere. <laughs> and watching the tra- watching the credits or the opening credits for the second movie. Yeah, having gone through COVID, it hit a little yeah. bit differently. <laughs> yeah. We were watching like real footage of like leaders from 2014, just like they were taking real news footage from I think like the H1N1 flu from like 2009, oh, yeah. and it was just people like stay at home if you're sick, don't you know yeah. go out in public if you're sick, you wash your hands. You're like, oh god. <laughs> yeah. That's why in 2020 I was like, it's ape time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here we go. And I guess that that ape virus that is like a coronavirus. Essentially, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, uh, we're not here to confirm or deny that it was created in a lab. But. <laughs> <laughs> a lab leak theory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I do, I love that the somber scene in Dawn when he shows up at that house again. You see yeah, the X, you know, yep, showing that thing that in the was, window. Yeah, yeah, and then he just you know somberly just kind of is like the good people lived here and yeah watches that video of franco and it's just a nice like it it, it, i i think about how a lesser writer would just have a exposition scene where Mm -hmm. he talks about how they were best friends and now franco's dead or something but we just get everything we need through the literally just from andy circus's performance you Mm -hmm. know and 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 i think it works like perfectly um in that scene um but uh, I wanted to talk about Gary Oldman a little bit. Yeah. Because I think he's fantastic. He is good. He's, um, I mean, the, the, the big news, Gary Oldman's good. Movie, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Well, I think, like, I saw the, I think the trailer for each of these movies is, like, a little bit misleading. Yeah. Because, um, like, the trailer makes you think he's going to be a, a bigger part of this movie. Like he's you think still, he's the James Franco of this movie? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I think I remember seeing the trailer, and you know, I I think I knew they were making it, but I like you know enough movies come out, and you know I do other stuff. So yeah. like I saw the trailer, and I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> you know I'm going to see that. And the trailer like focuses on Gary Oldman, and it seems it's like the speech he's giving, and he's yeah. like, I want to talk to Caesar. Yeah, <laughs> and like that's not even that big of a part of the movie. It, like right. makes you think like, oh, this is like a guy that wants to kill apes, and yeah. I guess kind of. But <laughs> I think if you look at the marketing for all of these movies, um, and obviously in the case of the first movie, it's pretty accurate. Franco is kind of the main character, but for yep. the rest of them, it seems like the marketing is trying to avoid the fact that. 
the apes are the main characters. Yeah. <laughs> and they're trying to try to bring in people that wouldn't trust a movie where apes are the main characters. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, oh, this is a Gary Oldman movie. Oh, this is a Woody Harrelson movie. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just but and and like all of these the human actors they bring in are always great actors mm-hmm. um who do really well, but they're supporting actors. <laughs> you yeah. know, they're like the star of the movie is Andy Circus. It's his franchise. Um but but yeah, no, I, I think Oldman brings like uh, he he just has that level of like humanity to his brutality. Yeah, you know, yeah. he just is like Koba, another guy who you're like, yeah, I get why he became the way he is. I mean, like the first thing he does when they get power is turn on his iPad that probably hasn't worked <laughs> in ten years to yeah. see like family photos that and you're like oh they probably all died of the simian flu like yeah i love that (laughs) moment because it's like once again you could have had the scene where gary eldman's like i had a family that you know (laughs) yeah yeah but it's like all we get it's like later in the movie and that happens and it's all you need is those images you know Mm -hmm. and and it's yeah just beautiful storytelling and writing and and it's like sometimes i think what throws me off sometimes with bigger you know action heavy movies and the the need to give everyone a motivation is it's like this is a perfect case of like less is more right where you only have those little scenes that give your characters motivations and sometimes when there's an overwritten monologue i'm like it would have been less effort to not do that (laughs) yeah (laughs) like why why would you want to write the monologue when you could just look at pictures of the family (laughs) yeah um but yeah no he's great jason clark i remember when this movie came out everyone thought it was his uh he was going to be like a big star. <laughs> yeah. And then so I think I'd seen him in other things and I was like kind of yeah. watching like whatever happened to that guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was like for a minute what I feel like every couple of years we have a new white guy that we're trying to make like it was like Sam Worthington for a while. Yeah. And it's him or like Jai Courtney and then it never totally lands. But Jason Clark was just in our he was just an Oppenheimer, and he was really okay. Good. Yeah. So maybe we're on a Clark Assange. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna get. Carrie Russell was in it. She's always good. Carrie Russell's fantastic. Yeah, I like her a lot. Another one where it's just like they're attracting like solid character actors, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then by the time you get to war, they're getting great character actors to play apes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I didn't expect. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know in War for the Planet of the Apes. Uh, you bring in where I think, well, so here's one thing. If, if, if there's one complaint I kind of have about the entire trilogy, and it's kind of a silly complaint in retrospect, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt anything huge, like really, but uh, you think Koba's dead at the end of Dawn. Yeah. And then there's like that post credit scene where you hear that he's still alive. And then mm-hmm. in war, he's just, they never acknowledge that. He's just dead still. <laughs> like, <laughs> or, or, or like, so I think that, that's kind of proof that maybe there wasn't a fully concrete plan because mm. they're like, oh, we're gonna bring him back. But then when they started writing the third one, they were like, actually, it's better if we it's don't. Better if he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is fine. I think he goes out well. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, but yeah. Uh, so the third one, it, I'd say also the way I think they progressively get better, they progressively get bleaker too, mm-hmm. and much much darker. Uh, the. Uh, the war for the planet of the apes when you know because like the end of dawn war. has like uh the humans like once they get power then gary oldman radios ahead to, well they get powers Koba then attacks the humans yeah <laughs> you know, uh 
So the some of the humans, so Gary Oldman's people, radio ahead to like the army. Yeah. So now like humans are basically they, surviving. Humans are attacking apes. <laughs> you well, Koba's yeah. the catalyst for yeah. the titular war yeah. <laughs> that follows yeah. the in this yeah. movie. Yeah. Which yeah. I mean, I guess yeah, that it all. <laughs> you know, yeah. I I guess it makes sense why humans would go go and fight the apes now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. If, if we're extracting the themes from these movies, do you? Do you see these movies as being like nihilistic about humanity at all? Hmm. Maybe a little bit, but a little bit. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. Like it's because <laughs> there also is always a good figure in humanity too. There's a Jason Clark yeah. character, so I don't think it's like writing off humanity. I think it's harder to find that good figure in war, maybe. But you know, yeah, humanity's pr- but like it's pretty bleak for humanity too. Right? That, you know, like. Especially with what you learn kind of towards the end, too. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I definitely think it's a cautionary tale about war, too. Yeah. The way that war could have been avoided on both sides. Yeah. You know? And that this sort of mutual hatred between, like, the Gary Oldmans and the Cobas of the world is what Mm -hmm. leads to it. And so much unneeded death. It's like a tragic tale of, like, what can happen if we don't seek to understand each other. It seems like every... seems like... In the beginning of war, they're like, you know, there's a big battle between the apes and the humans, and yeah. Caesar's just always like, we're don't we don't want to fight anymore. We're you know they let they let some humans that have attacked them go, and they're like, please yeah. just say we don't want to fight anymore. Like, right. and they, <laughs> even that's not the end of it. That they you know yeah yeah you feel so bad for Caesar. Like the people they let go go and just tell them where they are, and like yeah. an ape betrays them and let leads them to where they can try to kill him. And yeah, right. I love and, and here's the thing: you could easily let a character like Caesar fall into these trappings of just being a all good, righteous Christ figure who just wants peace. But yeah. I think what War does that's really smart to kind of complicate that and give him further growth is by taking away his family. Yeah, by having Woody Harrelson, who is essentially playing Marlon Brando from Apocalypse. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which is great. Uh, just murder his wife and kids. Uh, and yep. that scene is incredible because it's like the slow realization of what just happened <laughs> as like, you know, as we're, we're seeing like Caesar's eyes and he sees what happened and it's all in slow motion. Like that still sticks with me. That scene. Oh, just, yeah. And it's shocking. I genuinely did not expect that to happen because it is so dark that he loses like most of his family. Yeah. And I'd only seen like, I think. I'd seen the the first two a few times. I only saw War once, like in theaters. Yeah, like it came out like my, around my birthday. So I was like I, I was like, oh, I'm going on my birthday weekend. I'm gonna yeah. see it. And uh, I think I only saw it like that one time until I watched it again for my birthday. And I was or for the podcast. And I was like, oh yeah, I think his family gets killed except for <laughs> except for the youngest except for his youngest son. Yeah, <laughs> like, Cornelius. Yeah. <laughs> Which, if we're going to talk about these being a prequel, Cornelius, I believe, is Roddy McDowell's character in the original. I think so, yeah. He's, he becomes the closest friend to Charlton Heston. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if you, it's one of those cool things. If you do want to look at it as a prequel, there are things that line up there. And also in this one, they interview, they, or they introduce the mute girl, Nova. Yeah. Who ends up being Charlton Heston's girlfriend <laughs> yep. in the original one. So, uh, yeah, there's still a lot there um, in terms of setup. But, yeah, the uh, I think that, motiv- that motivation of killing his family is so great because it's the ultimate test of him being a pacifist, you know? Mm-hmm. 
are you still going to hold true to your beliefs when now it's personal, you know? And yeah. are you still going to avoid war at all costs if now, you know, your own people, your own family's been taken away by it? Yeah. And that, it's just a great philosophical question to ask. And then he kind of, like, at least is like, I don't want anybody else to go, you know, go down this dark road. I'll go by myself and try to do it, but <laughs> try to take yeah. care of this, but... You know, they won't let him do that. You know, his friends are like, no, you're you're not in this alone. Maurice, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maurice is just the greatest. <laughs> um, and uh, and I love that there's that one scene where he dreams of, he basically has a vision of Koba. Um, yeah. And it's that, you know, Koba's the devil on his shoulder. It's that yeah. his, he, there's a you bit of Koba like in all me. of us. <laughs> yeah, we could all become like Koba if we're affected enough to want to hate somebody, you know. Mm-hmm. Um I think that's so great. And then also, you know, every movie they introduce a new ape. And this one introduces Steve Zahn as Bad, bad Ape. Who's so <laughs> funny. Bad Ape, yeah. He's so funny. <laughs> like, to still have levity in a movie mm-hmm. <laughs> as dark as this, too. And that was cool because it was like, that showed that apes who weren't in Caesar's original group could get exposed to, like, the, you know, this virus was going around, you know, making apes smart in other yeah. places, too. So, you know, I guess, you know, being more of a prequel to the original stories that... So, uh, I, I think that eventually I, I could see them doing kind of a retelling of, you know, the ver- you know the events of the original story. Yeah, and, and you could... Honestly, it could be a totally different movie if you just focus on the ape's perspective. Yeah. When Taylor shows up, you know, like, what is it like to have somebody from the past show up and try to, like reestablished like established to them what society is now yeah you know i think that's cool and that's interesting um but yeah i i was also gonna say um you know i guess in terms of this being <laughs> kind of nihilistic about humanity war is kind of the only one where there isn't a good human character <laughs> not really, cause really. You, yeah like i i thought that maybe the one that I can't think of the I can't think of the character's name, but it's one of the ones that he lets go. Yeah. That you think is maybe like gonna have that turn where he's gonna be like, okay, you let me go. But at, in the end, he's the one that when Caesar's gonna try to like, he's gonna try to escape and let people out. He's the one that shoots him twice in the side with the crossbow. Yeah. That like ultimately leads to Caesar's death. <laughs> Spoilers yeah. here, like, oh, he wasn't good, and then. But he like and uh, it ends with uh, Winter, the ape that betrays them in the beginning. He ends up killing him with a grenade launcher, which you know, yeah, I guess that was cool to see him actually like that was awesome. Grow, grow a conscience, but the action scenes are all fantastic. Yeah, like there's apes riding horses. Yeah, <laughs> there's like the apes using modern weapons. Like mm-hmm. I, it's it's so and and they're all like well shot the way that they incorporate i think one of the best ways to make cgi characters feel real is by you know having like these nighttime scenes where they're illuminated by fire and stuff like that it makes yeah. you feel really tangible cuz like sometimes when there's a cg character or something you can kind of tell like they're just not fitting in with the lighting of the scene yeah. but by doing the motion capture thing and they actually had the shadows on Andy Circus's face and stuff it's much easier to incorporate that in the environment. And mm-hmm. it, yeah, it looks seamless. Well, I what I thought was like, and I had kind of for another thing I had forgotten until I rewatched was that they had like some of the apes that had followed Koba, 
couldn't go back to you, you didn't want to go back and see if Caesar would take them back in. So yeah. they end up joining with the humans out of like fear. I'm like, well, I don't know where we can go. Yeah. So they're like they serve the humans now as their their donkeys. They're like They're like Uncle Tom. Yeah. For, for apes. That's <laughs> That's such an interesting, like, like yeah. you know, thing. I, yeah. Yeah, you know, you're right. That adds such complexity to it. And and I like that even, like, Woody Harrelson is the most evil human character we've gotten mm-hmm. in all of these movies. Like, you know, whereas, like, Gary Oldman, for being the villain of that movie, was not evil, you know? Yeah. Woody Harrelson is just an awful son of a bitch who we've never seen who he was before. So we never know who he was before he was probably shaped by this war. Yeah. You know? Um, and I guess when it comes to the nihilism aspect, I don't think it's nihilistic about the human condition, like, or humans in general. I think it is, though, like, about, it's a very realistic, in a way, kind of take on how war will just turn everybody into a monster, and Mm -hmm. they'll all lose their humanity, but by the time you get to Woody Harrelson's death scene, where (laughs) he... I think essentially he's dying. He has the virus, right? Well, yeah. Well, we do find out because he has because Caesar does. He he has Caesar brought to him. Yeah. In his like command post where he's like listening to Jimi Hendrix and going on. Yes. Well, like perfect <laughs> Vietnam War. Vietnam. Era. Like, you know, he's <laughs> going on. He's ranting. He talks about um, had his his son was one of his officers and his son like went out on a mission and when he came back he started like losing his humanity like he lost his ability to speak and he was like becoming like feral basically and they had already met a couple humans that were like that and uh they kind of realized that long exposure to this virus was like (laughs) making people eventually they would all become that if they weren't you know kept you know quarantined from everybody so then like harrelson he gets a doll that had been touched by Nova, the girl that they, the human they had to interact with, who had had that same symptom. So that he was getting that, you know, going farther down that path. So he wanted Caesar to kill him, and Caesar wouldn't do it. So yeah, but then Caesar allows him to kill himself. <laughs> yeah, which is I love just how pathetic his death scene. Yeah, is. like that he because Harrelson's essentially a bigot. You yeah, know? he believes in the superiority of humans over apes mm-hmm. and his belief now is i'm no better than the apes yeah yeah and and that's why nova quickly becomes comes taken in by the apes because she's now cast to the humans because mm-hmm. she's mute you know and then but he's the guy who's just so unaccepting of like but also that whole thing of i've made my bed i've made myself an enemy of the apes i yep. can never become one of them so yeah. I have no choice but to and die. Humans won't accept me now. Right, <laughs> right. I killed a bunch of yeah. Yeah, I've killed, I've killed every human that I've, that's been like this. Right. So. I've I've conditioned the humans <laughs> to want to not accept me like this. Yeah. And I've made an enemy of all the apes. I have no allies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. So yeah, it's just very pathetic. And and in a way, I don't want to say like I am. I sympathize with them, but I just feel bad for them. You mm-hmm. know. Just like oh, this is you. You did everything in your life has just led to this moment. Well, if Caesar doesn't kill him, then that army that he's getting ready to fight is going to probably come kill him. And yeah, yeah. I do love, uh, and that's the conclusion to Caesar's arc too, is that yeah. he doesn't like carry he out his, his revenge. He gets his people to safety, and then <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He still he still ends up making the right choice, even though faced with the ultimate test of yep. you know his family dying horribly. Yeah, um, so it, it does have. Again, like another mature theme, sort of an anti-revenge 
theme, you know? Yeah. Because revenge is so easy and it's so satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> in movies, we love revenge, like just straight revenge stories. Yeah. <laughs> and to, you know, in your movie that's essentially, you know, it's a PG-13 blockbuster that, like I said, I took my little brother there, he loved it, and you still kind of have these mature messages and cautionary tales. I think that's cool and it just shows that you can do that. It's, there's nothing too complicated for, I don't know, maybe the 13, 14 year olds that'll be going yeah. to see your movie. Um, you know, that, like, do you think that's something, you know, when you go to see kind of bigger tentpole movies, do you think it's sort of those themes, like mature themes? Is that something that you find to be lacking or do you feel like it's common nowadays? Yeah, I don't know. So, I feel like some movies are, you know, maybe don't have as much of like, <laughs> Some movies are more just like the story, like the events of the plot and yeah. not, don't seem to have like an overall theme, you know, right. don't, don't, the you know, themes don't feature as heavily, but. Yeah. Well, and not yeah. every movie. Not every movie, but yeah. yeah. And I also don't think every movie needs to be that too, you know, yeah. like some movies can just be fun. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, overall I want to be entertained, but it is nice to have like things yeah. where you could be like, oh, it is, you know. So I don't know what I would do with that situation. Somebody, right. you know, well, and it gives killed, a longevity. Killed my family wants to kill like the people that I'm trying to like lead, and all I want is for them to have a place they can be, yeah. you know, left to live in peace. And you know, yeah, yeah. I, having rewatched it because you rewatched all three of them mm-hmm. pretty recently, was there anything new that you you mentioned a couple of things, but like anything else that you picked up on that you hadn't before, or things that mm-hmm. you know. They were, you were reminded of coming back to him. Um, I guess like the 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 pandemic aspect of it yeah. was harder to watch this time. Sure. Um, let's see. I really like. I thought the Koba stuff and Maurice stood out a lot this time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Maurice is. Yeah, Maurice is awesome. Such an <laughs> awesome character. He's, just, he's the most lovable character. Yeah. In the entire thing, he's just the, yeah the loyal. <laughs> loyal best friend you know um and i love I, the beautiful scene between him and caesar at the end where caesar's dying and yeah he's, but he's, he's like, looking we won't let them forget what you did yeah, yeah. specifically his son because cornelius is a baby you yeah know? so he's like cornelius who i believe is probably gonna be the main character of the next i movie. think so yeah um just telling him like you know he'll, i'll make sure that he'll know who you were and uh just him smiling and you know caesar just being in peace looking out on this kind of safe civilization he's made for the apes you know yeah and then uh and then just literally the final shot is him just slumping over and dying and then the camera just pans up and it's like we're done yeah (laughs) um but yeah i think i think ending it with a conversation with maurice is perfect because it does feel like by the time you get to the end of it you're like oh my god it was (laughs) like it, it feels so long ago that they were just apes in this ape prison <laughs> yeah. together. And, but through it all, they're still the best friends. Mm-hmm. You know? It does feel like it's kind of revolutionary. <laughs> you know, seeing like a revolutionary journey. I, I like that mm-hmm. that aspect of it you know, more now. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think uh, if you look at the trailer for the new one coming out, which does look great. Like the CGI still looks great mm-hmm. and everything. And I think it's, it's not directed by... Um, Matt Reeves. It's a different yeah. guy this time. It's the guy that did like the Maze Runner trilogy. I think oh. you said that you were we were we were talking about that. <laughs> well, I, yeah, yeah, I don't know yeah. how I don't know how that's gonna be, but I never I, saw I'm the still Maze interested Runners. in checking it out. Like, yeah, 
I think the guy had like I, I watched something about like yeah I think I saw it. he he this guy's only done a couple movies and yeah. there's nothing I had seen but yeah know, we'll see we'll give him a chance <laughs> I think it's the same like production team so or like producers and yeah maybe even like some of the writers are the same so you yeah know, yeah yeah and um. I was just going to say, one thing we can say is definitely changing now is they don't have to pretend it's about humans anymore. No. I, <laughs> like, I I can't think of any. I don't I don't think there's any, like, famous human actors in the trailer for the new one. You know, no. I, it's just the apes. Like, I, I mean, I feel like there's going to be humans in it because, like, the trailer had, like, them right. roping some savage yeah. humans, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah. you know, I... I don't know. I, I'm I'm curious to know if they're gonna end it with like maybe the shuttle, you know, the spacecraft arriving or yeah. something. I don't know. <laughs> what are you is there any like predictions or hopes you have in terms of what they do with Cornelius as a character in, in the new movie? Because like, he's not really a character as we've seen him. We, yeah, he's, he's just a baby. He's just a baby. So yeah. like do, do you do, do you like to picture him? being exactly like his dad or like i wonder i think it'd be interesting to see like you know because he never knew his dad so is it going to be kind of like other people going to expect him to be like his dad and he's going to for him is going to be how do i do that with still being my own person you know (laughs) you know live up to this legacy and you know maybe there's going to be Groups of apes that never knew Caesar, and you know they're probably gonna have their own like you know yeah you know if there's conflicts between apes you know like, yeah I think yeah yeah I'm just I'm really curious because it looks like we've finally moved into the place where the apes are fully in charge now yeah so. like in the end of the trailer has like that ape with a crown and like yeah. all these jewels and stuff so yeah. they've like come to a point where some of them are like all about greed and you yeah. know. <laughs> You know, power and... Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm super excited uh, for that. And, and uh, I, I, I'm one of those people, I don't know about you, like, whenever I go into a new movie, particularly if it's, like, in a franchise I like, I kind of, I try and, I don't go in with, like, they better do this. Yeah. You know, I just go in, I take it as it is, and I'm open to whatever direction they want to go with it, mm-hmm. you know? Are you the same way? Yeah. Because <clears throat> I feel like sometimes... <clears throat> Like, you know, you think about, like, Star Wars, for example, and how many Star Wars fans are just <laughs> pissed at everything that comes out. But it's like I they try all to have... have an open mind for that. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, think, I think going into, like, the prequels when I was, I mean, I was 18 <laughs> or whatever when episode, I was almost 18 when episode one came out. So I had, like, ideas in my head of what that I thought it should be. And, you know, when it was, like, kind of more for kids, I was like, this isn't what I wanted. Right. <laughs> but I was also, like, you know, but when I saw the originals, I was a kid. So, you know, of course I liked them, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> and honestly, <clears throat> for as long running of the franchise as Planet of the Apes is and as successful as these this recent trilogy has been, uh, it's one of the few franchises where I feel like they didn't... Uh, uh, it hasn't been soured by a toxic fan base. You know? Yeah. Like, you know, Star Wars has so many angry reactionary man children. Yeah, I don't know how many 
many? I don't know if Even there's Marvel. a lot of like apes heads or whatever. I don't know if there are apes heads, but but there, I I think it's just a franchise of movies where the common public goes, oh yeah, those are good. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there is that intense. Like, there are race. famous fans of apes movies, like I, I don't and I don't know how they feel about the new ones. Sure, like I don't like Dana Gould, a famous. He's like somewhat yeah, famous Dana Gould. Yeah. He's a fan of the old ones. Yeah, like he at one point owned uh, Roddy McDowell's house. <laughs> yeah. His actual house. Yeah, he had like I think Roddy McDowell had like a statue of uh, the ape uh, of Cornelius. Like that's yeah. so funny. Um, Roddy McDowell ended up being you know after Charlton Heston checked out. Yeah, like he, he was stayed, the face of the yeah, franchise. Yeah, yep. Yeah, he was an um, and he was like I think Dana Gould does like uh, like something where he puts on like the old like a, he has a like, makeup made of like the old style ape mask and does like a talk show is like, you know, like, so he's like he's invested in like the old franchise yeah. i don't know how he feels about the new ones i do whatever. love that i do love the eight makeup of that original. yeah like I mean, it's, it's cool it's I, totally perfect for what it is i just think know? it like uh and i know like jimmy pardo who's i'm a fan of it like i listen yeah. to his podcast never not funny he he likes the old ones because uh, like he went as a kid, like his parents took him as a kid to see yeah. them. Uh, but he liked the new ones too, because I know he'd talk about like going to see the new ones like when they came out. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that there's like people who are like the apes movies are the best movies. I, <laughs> they better not fuck up. You know, like, right. <laughs> <laughs> like a like hardcore. Not fans. my Cornelius. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's, like, like, oh, the Apes movies went woke. People are like, I learned French to read the original novel, not not a translation. (laughs) (laughs) I like to picture a guy who's only a fan of the original novel. Yeah, they learned French to, like, get the official, like... And they're not a fan of any of the movies. They're like, all the movies fucked up, a perfect book. Yeah. Every friend, like or, or like a guy who's just like, no, nah, I stopped watching after Conquest. Yeah, the yeah. Like <laughs> they lost me by the fourth sequel. Um, <laughs> or, or I like to think of a guy who's only a fan of the Timber. Like, <laughs> there's yeah. got to be one. There's there's a type of guy for everything. Yeah, I think. Um, I wanted to pull up. I have a. Oh yeah, we got <laughs> some half star reviews. Of we got do one for each one. I or? pulled up. Yeah, I pulled up one for each one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if what is is any of them gonna be about uh, uh, how they don't like James Franco since his <laughs> since no. <his> canceling. <laughs> Honestly, weirdly enough, nobody brought up James Franco's canceling. Uh, there is a funny reference to Franco though, which I will get to. Uh, but this is for Rise of the Planet of the Apes, half a star. Thought this was gonna be mostly sci-fi, and instead, it seemed like it was trying to have a message or something. <laughs> Three question marks. That is okay. You have to be illiterate most, to think sci-fi doesn't most famously sci-fi always a have message. a message. Right. Like, it's very I mean, inherent to sometimes sci-fi. Sometimes it doesn't, but it's like, I think the best sci-fi does. I, even the dumbest, most base, sci-fi, base level sci-fi has some vague message about yeah, yeah. humanity or the future or whatever. Sometimes you, know? you people want to overlook it or whatever, but sure. yeah, usually Well, it's it like, does. with Star Wars, you know, like, do uh, you, you ever see that interview where uh, James Cameron's interviewing George Lucas and he's like, yeah, it's about the Viet Cong. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> like the Ewoks or whatever. Yeah, or, no, no, he, well, he was just saying the rebellions of the yeah, Viet yeah. Cong and the, the Empire's America. <laughs> I, remember, I remember seeing that once, like, because I'd heard that and 
said that once on like an online forum and some people were like, that's not true. And I was like, he made it is. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and it's like, you know, you can take your look, a movie, I believe in death of the author. You take something, you receive it. It's whatever it means to you. Mm-hmm. But to act like sci-fi movies are just now becoming sociopolitical yeah. is insane. Or like people who are like, X-Men are so woke now. Like, it's always been about minorities who were oppressed. Yeah. Always. Literally always, from day one. Yeah. Uh, or, or like the funniest one is when, like William Shatner himself said, when did Star Trek get so political? Oh my god! I was like, you were there when it yeah, happened. Yeah, you were there in the '60s. They were like, you kissed a girl. Yeah, when on you TV. kissed a black woman, yeah, and, and that was revolutionary. You yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember how people got pissed about that? <laughs> <clears throat> um, in the same review, why was Frida Pinto at the zoo that like totally fine with James Franco having a pet chimp, and she didn't realize it was a human experiment chimp for years? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. This movie has never heard of the IRB. Um, That is what I like to call the cancer of cinema sins on on film reviewing. What's the IRB? I I don't even know. But but she's clearly going after... So I guess maybe I've never heard of the IRB either. So that's why I like the movie, I guess. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that idea of like a movie's bad because... This character didn't do a thing that a real person would that do. That a real vet would do. Yeah, like who cares? <laughs> like, like that's what writing movies is. I mean, um, I guess people have when people have pet chimps in real life, it usually doesn't end well, I guess. <laughs> but <laughs> there's a there's an episode of Community where they're trying to write like a horror movie where people would make good decisions, <laughs> and it's like, oh, we just stand in the middle of the room, both holding knives out, you know, for the entire time. <laughs> they're like, they kept running into this wall of like, we can't, the movies can't happen, and yeah. so it is that whole thing, like characters have to make bad decisions mm-hmm. for the story to happen. Yeah, <laughs> like, um, this is a half star review for Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. This one made me laugh. <laughs> I always wanted to watch Planet of the Apes, but now I wish I never did. TBH, I wasn't listening that much, and the first 20 minutes I watched them sign to each other without captions because I didn't know. Maddie said The Rise of the Planet of the Apes has Dave Franco in it. Dave <laughs> Franco. And I love Oz the Great and Powerful, so I have high hopes. <laughs> I love everything about it. Wrong. <laughs> who's who's Maddie? <laughs> who's yeah? No, he's expecting us to know who the people in his life are. Um, this has two likes, by the way. Dave Franco. <laughs> Dave Franco. So he got his Franco got wrong. He also and... saw the sequel before seeing Rise. Yeah. So he's like, maybe I'll go back and see Rise, and then also ending it with "I love Oz the Great and Power." <laughs> <laughs> That's my Franco movie. Oh man. Maybe we should watch that for the podcast. I've never seen it. Feels like a natural follow up to this. (laughs) I know Sam Raimi did it, um, but also like to I if to be a James Franco fan in this was published in 2023. To be a James Franco (laughs) fan, confuse him with Dave Franco, confusing him with Dave Franco, the uncanceled one, the uncanceled one. Yeah, the one who's still (laughs) the one who's married to Alison Brie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But to also then say like the I'm still a James Franco fan. because of Oz and the Great Power. <laughs> not not any of his famously good movies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've never, like, you could say, like, oh, you know, say what you want about James Franco, but I love Pineapple Express. Oh. Um, <laughs> that was pretty funny. All right, this yeah. one is for War for the Planet of the Apes, which I'm just now realizing 
2017. Yeah. So it's been six years. I know. Um, uh, but uh, I don't know. We'll see with the next one how how you know how how much it stayed with I'll the public I'll come on consciousness. and talk to you about it. Yeah, yeah. We'll co- come back on. We'll, yeah. We'll discuss it. Um, War for the Planet of the Apes, half a star. I just remember being dragged out to see this movie when I had not seen the others and forgotten the ones I had seen. <laughs> I had a spark of hope that it was interesting. Like, how could you fuck up apes fighting people? That just sounds cool. (laughs) But no, I was so out of it with boredom that I was thinking about how if I died and this was the last movie I ever saw, that my whole 16-year-old life would have felt worthless. (laughs) Would I have cared more if I had seen... I love... Once he gives away his age, you're kind of like, okay. (laughs) Um, Would I have cared more if I had seen or remembered the other movies? Probably not, since it clearly couldn't handle being strong. Strong on its own. Like hell. I saw Mad Max Fury Road without the others. And that worked out no problem. So what was the deal here? Um, I feel like this should go without saying. But Mad Max Fury Road is a reboot. It's a different actor playing. I haven't seen the other ones. Yeah. It's a different actor playing Mad Max. It's a totally different. You know. uh, But yeah. To say like. I watched the third movie in a trilogy and I'm pissed I didn't get anything. <laughs> I didn't anything. get it. <laughs> uh, that's, that's on you, buddy. Didn't understand it. <laughs> and then I love him dropping that he's 16 years old. And all kind of, you're just <laughs> like, oh, okay. Fucking <laughs> kid. <laughs> Fucking kid, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, being dragged to it. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I hope he's... Uh, this was also published this year, so he's still 16. <laughs> Maybe maybe by the time he's seventeen and he sees the new one, he'll have come yeah. around. Come on, yeah. <laughs> watch the other two, kid. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to say about any of the Ace movies before well, we're done? I guess I'm glad that I took a chance and watched the first one because yeah. I I really enjoy them and looking forward to seeing the the new one. Yeah, me too. And um, you know, I think it, obviously like we live in a time where the majority of like the big release movies are big spectacle movies yeah and it's nice to have one coming out that i'm like pumped for again Mm -hmm. you know like like i I can't maybe the last one for me was like godzilla king of the monsters (laughs) (laughs) i did see that because i was looking to kill some time before a show because i think that was or when was that was that was that the 2019 one yeah. Okay. Cause yeah. I I did watch the one uh, Kong it. versus Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. That was uh that was that was still pandemic time when it was on HBO. I should point out the guy who does the motion capture for Kong, uh, Terry Notary, uh, is also in the Apes movies. Oh, okay. He, I think he doesn't play any specific apes. I think he yeah. kinda is just one of he'll always play an ape. But yeah. another guy who's followed in Andy Serkis' footsteps, ah. made a career off playing CG apes. That's cool. Maybe 10 years from now, he'll be playing live action roles yeah. like Andy Serkis too. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I, I just tell everybody it's an acting masterclass from Andy Serkis. It's his franchise. Yep. Um, very well-directed, well-made movies, well-written. Um, and it's just proof that like not every, you know, it's easy to be pretentious and say, oh, movies are dumb now. But, like, this is, like, a mm. big action movie, and they're smart movies. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I'm a comic book reader from, like, the early 90s, so it's like, I, I see Marvel movies because I like the characters, but yeah. I, I like other movies, too. So yeah. I think that's... 
but I, I like these. You know, I think this is like a good good medium. Yeah. <laughs> if you're like, you know, if you're like CGI is bad in all cases. No, the, I think you would like these. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think if you're a pretentious <laughs> film buff that doesn't give a chance to you know these types of movies, I think this is the kind of movie that can get you into them. This yeah. trilogy or the kinds of movies, and then also if you're the flip and you're you only go see the big movies. And you want it, you're kind of a turn your brain off guy. This is a good, like, big movie where you don't have to turn your brain off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, like you said, happy medium. So, yeah. Um, did you, uh, do you have anything to plug? Anything coming up? Uh, Besides your upcoming podcast, maybe? <laughs> if I ever do that. Yeah. Uh, do you know when this is coming out? Um, this will come out next, a week from today, basically. From today. Yeah. Doing uh, Karajoki on the 15th, uh, or actually uh, Comedy Rumble at the Comedy Castle on December 12th. Oh, yeah. Uh, doing that. Um, on December 15th, I'm doing uh, Karajoki, which is like half comedy, half karaoke thing nice. in Kalamazoo at uh, Traveler's Pub. I think that's technically Portage, but Kalamazoo, Portage area. Right. Uh, that's a fun show. Um, I think those are the big shows I have coming up. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you, Pat. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks Appreciate for having it. me. I'm excited to have you back on and talk about the new one. Yeah. I'm sure we'll think of something before then, too, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dr. Sayers, Dr. Sayers. Dr. Sayers, Dr. Sayers. Dr. Sayers, Dr. Sayers. Oh, Dr. Sayers. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. What's wrong with me? I think you're crazy. Want a second opinion? You're all so lazy. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas.